be here now. Yes. Such a weird statement. Like, because every time I would think of like being here now, I couldn't feel it. For me, it's gotta, I gotta be able to integrate it. I gotta be able to feel mm. it. If I can't feel it, there's something wrong with it. I okay. gotta keep digging. So I was thinking about that statement and I was thinking, you know, I don't know what here is. What the hell is here? Great right? question. You know, what is right. the, now? Every now moment? Yeah. Be here now, like in every now moment, yeah. in every parallel universe, exactly. in every possible outcome that could or couldn't happen that did or didn't come? Like, right. yes, what is here? So I try. I tried to modify the statement so it, it would feel that I could integrate it. And the only thing I could come up with, and that might sound really weird because it's the contrary, it was be everywhere at all times. Yeah, and when I was everywhere. like, be everywhere, and then I could settle mm. into that, oh yeah, I can be everywhere, and I can mm. be at all times. I believe that each and every one of us has the power within ourselves to create the life that we really want. And I want to help give you the tools to make that happen. I'm Danica Patrick, and I'm Pretty Intense. For the second phase of my interview with Nassim Haramine, uh, a brilliant scientist. Now we go into the the real nuts and bolts and the science of um, reality and what we are as human beings, truly just what we are made of, um, as well as reality as we perceive it and, and how we relate to it um, and then how we can use it to better our lives. I mean, isn't that the point? I mean, think, I feel like for me at the end of the day, it ends up being about why am I going into all of this information? And it ends up being because I want to be happier and more joyful and more, per, more manifest, more of uh, the things that make me happy and um, that make life exciting and interesting. So um, we get into uh, the nature of reality. Please enjoy this fascinating episode. Someone was explaining dimensions to me because dimensions kind of get me a little bit confused. Yeah. And in her explanation, I was like, wow. So we just end up becoming everything. We are every potentiality that did and didn't exist, which means you have to become everything. So maybe you could, can you break down dimensions? Right. Um, in a way that someone like me is going to understand? <laughs> I... I, um, you know, I have an issue with the word dimensions because um, it's thought of in many different ways. It's not defined so well because the spiritual person that's using the word dimension is thinking of a whole other world. Okay. Um, the physicist that's using the word dimension is thinking of another Cartesian plane or a vector, you know, in space. Sure. And it, those are two different things. So, so it's hard to mm. define. So, so mm. I. I tend to not use the concept of dimension okay. uh, in the sense of another world. I like to think of it as scales. Okay, so like a scale, scale, no, or not a weighing scale. Oh, scale like a fish? No, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, scales, like uh, you know, you have atoms that make cells, oh. that makes bodies, that okay. make planet, that okay. makes stars. Right. Okay. And so imagine that you were an atom. Okay. And I, you would experience the world the way you experience it as an atom. So you would look at other atoms. They might look like stars in the, in your sky and all this stuff. And your world would look a very specific way. And then all of a sudden I grew you up to a different scale. 
like your scale today. And you wouldn't recognize the world. Okay. You would say, oh my God, I've gone to another universe. I'm, what is going on? Like, yeah. what is this, right? But you're in the same universe. You just change scale. But the shift, you wouldn't even know it. You'd just be in a new reality. Right. Yeah, yes, exactly. So that's... That, Maybe I'm jumping. That's a, no, no, but that's a, sideway, a, se a segue we, <laughs> we could go into. But basically, you know, think of it as like your perspective, literally your coordinates in space-time and how you see, see reality and the scale at which you experience it defines a lot of how you interpret the world, right? Sure. But you happen to be made of smaller scales and smaller scales and smaller scales and smaller scales. So all these other coordinates in space, all these other perspective, all these other realities are within you. So is it fractal? Yeah, exactly. Maybe and explain what fractals are because um, it's fascinating and I don't, I, I just learned what it was. So Right. Fractals are mathematical equations that feed back on themselves. So that you take the answer, you feed it back to the equation, and it comes out with another answer, and you, you keep feeding it back, and it grows. That's what I was saying earlier. It grows very high level of complexity very quickly from a simple set of, a, uh, of information to start with, right? So, so, so you're made out of these divisions of space, fractally dividing. This feedback is, mm. it's not just coming at one scale. The feedback's happening at all the scales. That's how it can self-organize. And I can go to the proton. The proton is already small, right? A hundred trillion atoms in a cell. A cell is small. An atom is really small. A mm -hmm. proton is teeny in the middle of the atom. Oh, wow. And then, and then there's subatomic particles inside the proton, but then you end up at like a frequency that's called a Planck scale mm -hmm. in which the particle at that level is so teeny that if I grew it to be a grain of sand, the proton that it, it's in would be the size from Alpha Centauri to our sun. Which is where? Which is like 40 trillion kilometers, okay. right? That'd be the size of the bubble. Wow. Okay. For the so, grain of sand. No, the, to represent the, the scale for the proton. Yeah. To represent the scale. Yeah. So this particle is so small that if it's a grain of sand, then the proton is 40 trillion kilometers, right? Uh, so, so, so imagine that's inside you. That's oscillating inside you. This is the source of the information flow. This is how these equations were solved in my physics and were able to predict very precisely, extremely precisely, the radius of the proton, which is 40 trillion kilometers bigger, right? So the fact that the equation is able to take something so small and then scale it and predict the correct size of the proton is remarkable. And then that was verified in, in accelerators in Switzerland. And, you know, my prediction was a problem because it's 4% smaller than the standard model. So, you know, that got in some but other... But you were right. I was correct. And I am correct because the CODATA, which is the institution that sets the standard for all the constants in physics, adopted that radius 
you know, in your radius. Correct. <laughs> in 2018. So now it's the official radius. So that's so cool. So, yeah. And but it comes from the smallest thing, you know, imaginable this equation, saying that the proton is actually made out of trillions of these smaller things. Just, is this because of fractal, the nature of fractal? That's right. That you know the ratio? Exactly. When you figure out the pattern, then you can calculate and it gives the right answer. <laughs> so what are we? Oh so, my God. So yeah, so we're this infinite nature of division. Wow. Right? That, um, that, and you were saying about being everywhere. Yeah. Well, when you calculate the amount of these little particles in a proton, you can calculate their energy. And we know that energy, you know, can equal mass if we multiply by the speed of light square, right? Like E equals MC square. Yeah. So when you calculate the mass or the energy of the system, mass might confuse people, but the energy of the system, you find all the information all the energy of the universe meaning you find inside a proton the mass of the universe right in terms of these crazy yes so imagine you're made out of 100 trillion protons in each cell and each one of those is a conduit for the information of all the other protons in the universe like they're in the intricately connected so, so we should now talk about quantum entanglement which is That's obviously right. such a fascinating topic i mean it's you know from a on a really really micro level when you you know it's a mother's intuition of their child right and like oh i think something's wrong and you call and sure enough and right i mean so that's like obviously an extremely small but that's a human way to give a little insight into entanglement and mm -hmm. how so go into that because it's like fascinating. I mean, yeah, we're right there uh, in what I was describing. Yeah, okay, great. The fact that. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 that's good. I... When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents. I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer, a reference to the inner eye chakra one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul, to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. You're ahead of me. No, it's no, remarkable. no, 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 yeah. no. Um, There's no way I'm ahead of you on any of this. <laughs> I should teach you math. You could help us. I would uh, love to. I mean, but, I think I would. <laughs> yeah, it's just a language. Actually, I'm not, you know, I, I can, I do math, but I, I get a lot of help from from good physicists that helps me. And we but. just come up with crazy ideas like why does the dollar have an eye on the top of the pyramid? <laughs> and then people just start to think about things and right. then somebody else does the math. And I'm like, I have another odd idea. Here you go. Right. Well, because well, if we're connected to everything, essentially I have the information. Yep. Like you have the info. Every single person has 
all of the information of the universe within them. That's right. Especially based on quantum entanglement. Right. At a Planck level, we're connected to everything or exactly. something like that. I'm Very saying good. a lot of words that, that I don't completely really understand, but this is vodka. No, <laughs> that was really good, actually. Yeah. Well, you, okay. I was actually thinking about this on the beach the other day, mm. about this statement. It was sunset. I was thinking about the problem is that I was thinking about equations and then at one point I stopped myself and I thought, you know, there's a sunset, it's beautiful, it's amazing, maybe I should be here now. <laughs> and then I was thinking, you know, that statement, be here now. Yes. Such a weird statement. Like, because every time I would think of like being here now, I couldn't feel it. And for me, uh -huh. you know, it, for me is like, all of the physics I've written, all the concepts, all the philosophy, everything. For me, it's got to, I got to be able to integrate it. I got to be able to feel mm. it. If I can't feel it, there's something wrong with it. Okay. I got to keep digging. So I was thinking about that statement and I was thinking, you know, I don't know what here is. What the hell is here? Great right? question. You know, what is right. now? Every now moment? Yeah. Be here now, like in every now moment and yeah. every parallel universe exactly. and every possible outcome that could or couldn't happen that did or didn't come like right yes what is here so i try i tried to modify the statement so it, it would feel that i could integrate it and the only thing i could come up with and that might sound really weird because it's the contrary it was be everywhere at all time yeah and when i was everywhere. like be everywhere and then i could settle mm. into that oh yeah i can be everywhere and i can mm. be at all time and I and 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 then it was like, oh yeah, now I'm here, right? <laughs> like, because I'm everywhere, and so that links to what we were talking about that we found in equations. Well, as I was saying in my equation, I found that it seems like the protons or the particles are entangled, and we're discovering we found entanglement a long time ago with the development of quantum theory, uh, Einstein, you know, Einstein called it spooky action at distance. It was a consequence <laughs> of the quantum theory that was written at the time. Einstein thought it was wrong. And that was, that's, he wrote those papers to disprove the approach that was being, um, and it turned out to be correct, meaning he was right that it was wrong, but he was wrong that it couldn't happen. Uh, and I, I want to clarify. Explain. That. Yes. So basically, if you take, um, so it was discovered from the math that was being written in quantum theory at the time that all of a sudden particles could be connected at the distance mm -hmm. instantaneously. That mm -hmm. you tickle this particle over here and the other one, if it's across the universe, if it's entangled, would start laughing, right? And very shortly, like in our evolution, we were able to measure that in laboratory and measure it so that particles were far away from each other enough that even at the speed of light, it wouldn't have time to go and change the other one before we measure right. it. So, so we were able to measure that definitely particles can be entangled. And at this point, we're able to entangle larger objects, which thought it couldn't be done because, you know, it thought to to be at temperatures that were not acceptable for quantum theory. Like mm. now we can entangle 
diamonds so that you mm. you hit this diamond over there with a laser and the other one is acting like it's being hit by a laser and so on and so um so so that's happening but in the heart of napa valley lays somnium which means to dream in latin the somnium vineyard estate is an extension of the love and intensity that i pour into everything i do to experience our wines, visit SomniumWine.com and use the code SOMNIUM to receive a $10 flat shipping rate. Please drink responsibly. It was not described mathematically clearly, meaning the consequence of the theory was saying, yeah, particles can do this, but we're not clear how it's happening, right? right. And now, recently, Theories are coming forward, certainly mine early on, and then others from very good physicists, the top guys, uh, showing that actually there's micro wormholes that are connecting these things. And, and wormholes are a consequence of Einstein field equation. That's why I was saying he was right, meaning he was wrong that it couldn't be done, mm. but he was right that it wasn't from specific the specific equations that were given at the time that this was happening that there was something more classical which is a wormhole mm. and so there's these little tunnels that connects particles this is called er equals epr in technical jargon in math which yeah i don't understand and and basically showing that and then imagine a particle that that falls into a black hole that's entangled with another one right Right. And then the other one falls into another black hole. Sure. Now these black holes are entangled. Now the black holes are entangled. Yes. And we know particles are falling into black holes since All the beginning the time, of time. Right? right. So now black holes are entangled. Entangled. And the particles are entangled. And all of a sudden, it's like very quickly you come to conclude, wow, the whole thing is entangled. Right? Although we don't see it clearly because when we look at a particle, when we tickle it over here, we might not be aware there's another particle on the other side of the universe that's laughing when we tickle it because we don't have a measurement on that. Right, we're one. not over there looking at it. That's right. We're not measuring. So we only see the entanglement for particles that we entangle ourselves and that we can measure both sides, right? So what does this mean for us? And so that means that we live in a neural network literally, that spans from the infinitely small to the infinitely big. And just recently, papers were published showing that uh, mathematically, when you look at superclusters filaments, there's these huge filaments of plasma that connect supercluster in these amazing, mm. you know, structures. Are those those pretty pictures of like, yeah, yeah the colors and the... Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they look just like neural network in your brain. That's literally what I was just about to say, like, I imagine, because I'm not, again, I, I mean, I have a GED, like, I didn't even go to college, <laughs> yes. but like, I get these ideas of things. And I'm like, I, I was like, the brain, the way that it fires, like the whole like webbing, I'm like, that's the universe. That's how we're connected. Right. So you're saying that's, is that, that what you're saying? That's correct. Yeah, well, we're starting to see evidence of it. We live and then there's physics that's being written, not only by me, but others that are showing, yeah, you know, if you write physics in such a way to describe reality as a neural network, things starts to add up properly. <laughs> and so, so, so think of everything being entangled. And since you're made out of that stuff, yeah. 
you're entangled with the whole thing. And your brain might be, you see, your consciousness might not be some chemical change in your brain. Your chemical change in your brain is just a result of the information going through the neural network. Huh. And so you, your consciousness is not inside your body, but your consciousness is the relationship of you with the, this field. You know, you can think of a web of information right. at all the scales that connects all the scales. And this is how I wrote these equations. I'm mm. finishing this paper mm. that I've been working on for like, you know, three years. I published, I mean, I've been going at it for 30 years, but this is like, and it's coming all like full circle. This, this is a crazy part is that from studying ancient civilization and these symbols and all this stuff from the old times when I was in the van, you know, living by myself, you know, <laughs> agnostic, you know, like crazy guy, um, you know, studying 20 hours Somebody's got to be crazy. <laughs> Somebody's right? got to go at it. Crazy people change the world. Well, yeah, typically, or you know. Or figure it out. <laughs> Actually, they're not figuring out the world, they're figuring out the universe. Well. Or the multiverse or the whatever. Yeah. The entire the fractal fractal world. existence of us exactly and what's crazy is that these thoughts i was having then <laughs> are coming full circle but now with the equations and so that's just interesting right that you've had the thought without the information without the proof right or the science or the math the language but yet you knew it right because you're everything. Right. You already know. You I already. knew that. I just don't know how to get to exactly. it. Exactly. You didn't need to go to college. I mean, I'm in the high school dropout, right? All right. So. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got in the ski industry. I got in the climbing industry. You know, you're like, a surfer. I'm a surfer. I, I'm, you know, like you, you got into sport industry, yeah. driving cars, whatever. But I, you know, the, the fact is, and I teach this for all this time and people recognize it because they can feel it. Yeah. And because they can feel it. They just know it. They know it. Yeah. And if it's true, they know it. And the, any great discovery that was made in history was because somebody had a gut feeling. Yes. You know, somebody, not the equation first, right? Right. But the gut feeling, right. maybe this is how it works. And then the equation and then the equation supports it or not right maybe you're a little wrong but maybe it directs you yep. so it's the relationship between the outside world and your internal dialogue yeah. you know that internal dialogue you have yeah right oh yeah who is it with well right i mean that's <laughs> the thing like i mean in the book on tethered soul it was like if you're having thoughts how do you know you're having thoughts <laughs> Right. What's looking at you to know you're having thoughts? Exactly. It's like something is beyond or above or outside right. of us. Otherwise, like the ocean's not thinking like, I'm a wave, here I go. Right. It's just the ocean. Right. Right. So how do I know that I have a wave or a thought? Exactly. And so basically, you are, you are the universe talking to yourself. You're having the dialogue with all of creation. All of creation is listening yep. to what you're saying. So all of a sudden, 
wow, you have a responsibility, right? right? It's like I had an experience. I lived in Big Island for a while on, on the Hawaii. Uh, no, I'm sorry, on the Big Island in, in the Kalakaua Kalakaua Bay. And in Kalakaua Bay, the dolphins come and they love to swim with, with mm. humans, right? And so we used to go swimming with them. This is a long time ago in the early 2000s. And, um, and for the longest time, the local community would tell me, oh yeah, you know, dolphins can hear everything you think. They, you know, they're psychic and so on. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know, local folklore, you know, mm -hmm. I had fun with them, but I just, I didn't think they could. And then at one point, I was, uh, after like a few months of swimming with them almost every day, I was thinking, wow, you know, I was, I got, I befriended this young dolphin and we used to go, you know, swim twirling and jumping wow. and all this stuff. And every morning, every was, mermaid in existence. <laughs> person that feels like they're a mermaid, I have one of those friends, is very jealous of this story right now. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. But anybody can do that, I guess, right? And that's what you're going to start to get to. Right. Well, basically, at one point I was wondering, because when she was playing with all the other dolphins, they would bump against each other and all this. And, you know, I can free dive to like 110 feet and so on. I, so I, at 60 feet, I can hang for a while. So I would go down with her and then twirl back up and all this. But she, but she would never, ever bump against me or touch me or huh. anything. And if I tried to touch her, she would move her body exactly really? the same distance. Why is that? And I didn't know. And so I was thinking as I was swimming with her at one point, why, why don't they touch us and and so on maybe they don't they think you know kind of humans are kind of gross and <laughs> you know they're kind of yeah. weird you know <laughs> and, and then then yeah. i thought maybe i didn't give her permission to touch me so i thought in my head i give you permission to touch me and <gasps> then she just rubbed all over me like in that instant and you know and then i realized oh my god they can't hear us. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, what have I been thinking all this time? Right. Like, what other thoughts have I been having? Right. And what were those things doing? Exactly. <gasps> and, and so the, the reason I was telling you this story is that when you realize, oh, maybe I'm in a neural network of the universe and, and I'm actually interacting with it. And actually these inner thoughts and this inner dialogue I'm having is actually a dialogue with the whole. Hmm. then you realize, okay, you know, I have a responsibility about what I'm telling the universe. Right. What am I doing? You know, and it's not like, hey, I get angry. I get pissed off. I start swearing. I do all kinds of stuff. Like it's we called being human, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We fail all the time. But how much of that is happening and how much of the other is happening? Like I'm, how constructive I am you know yeah. like I started to edit when I realized that I start to edit my thoughts my internal dialogue not just <laughs> let it run you know because we have such a negative bias on ourselves why is that why, why what is the if we're that in if we are the universe and we are we have this power mm -hmm. why is it that as a species we are so hard on ourselves and have such negative thoughts and are so limiting. Well, I think that because we don't know how 
beautiful we are,、mm. how incredible you know our existence is that we even are here thinking about it. You know, we don't like we lose. If we think we're separate and we're the result of some random event, and it's just kind of like a luck that we got here and we're gonna disappear, the universe won't care. You know, then you know it's you you you, you can have a negative bias because you don't actually know what you are,、yeah. who you are. But when you discover this. Doesn't mean your negative bias just goes away, right? <laughs> right? Like when I see myself in the mirror as I walk to the bathroom in the morning, so, you know, I get many thoughts of like, "Oh my God, I look awful!" Right? But I try to edit them as they come up. But basically, you know, realizing and appreciating the amazing miracle we are.、Mm-hmm. You know, we have to know we are to be able to do that. If we don't know. Then this, the, our society is certainly not gonna help us feel good about ourselves, right? Our society is very much set up to be critical, and you know, if you're not exactly like this, and if you're not exactly like that, you know, you're, you're it's not acceptable, and so on. Like, you see, this, this is the other thing: is that I think that an evolutionary step for humanity is to realize we're all part of the same source. Right. right, that would be the first step. Right, we're all part of the same source. We're all part of the same field, the same neural network,、mm-hmm. and and then from there,、uh, you know, this idea of separation becomes less and less, and mutual support becomes more and more important because you realize, wow, you know, in order to help me, I gotta be able to help. The whole network. I gotta, you know, I gotta be a productive, positive impact on the network, right? So then it becomes easier to self, you know,、um, uh, uh, control. Meaning that, you know, we have laws that tells us what's right and what's wrong, right? You can do this, but you cannot do this. And I imagine that eventually, an advanced society. Doesn't require this because internally you know what's right and what's wrong, right? You, I would like to think the same thing. I would like to think that as as you ascend, as your consciousness or your self awareness opens up, that there's no need for even government on some level because you are your own governing body and you don't operate under lower frequency,、mm-hmm. under a lower frequency existence of things、yeah. that would create. Problems, right? They might be social organization, but they would be built more like a neural network. It would be a distributed nodes, you know, decentralized and so on, so that you know ev- it would be different. Imagine if everybody has gravitational drives, which we will have if we make it. Say what that? What does that mean? Gravitational、uh, that, drives. Yeah, that we are able to have a spaceship that. Doesn't use fuel. It, oh right, like just, cars, drives, rides, right? Right. Like,、okay. So it just distorts space time in that region so that you can get lift,、uh-huh, right? Uh huh. So all of a sudden you can go to the moon for the weekend. You can go to Jupiter, whatever. Like <laughs> all of a sudden, the concept of govern governance changes. Totally. Right, it would be totally different. Totally.、Right? Like、uh, so, you're on Jupiter. I mean, there might be a different, more localized body of you know. 
uh, or organization and so on. So it might look much less like a centralized body like we have today, but uh, much more, you know, um, network kind of structure. So are we essentially an aspect of the universe organizing itself until we, and then as, as soon as we do, it rolls into another, it's like sort of like the universe problem solving itself into expansion on yes, some level? exactly. And like we just go helping, like we as a consciousness, like, or as a self-aware network, as a, as a neural network of information, now it just goes sort of to the next problem or the next species, the next existence. Because right. I heard there was somebody that was, you know, I was like, what's the point of being here? And they're like, well, you know, you expand into the point you, you, uh, we basically raise our frequency, our consciousness enough that we sort of transcend, ascend, and then we go do that for the next sort of existence yeah, or another existence as if, you know, from a more esoteric sort of like, I see. like the Palladians and the Octurians and the whatever. And oh, they're, okay. they're like helping us from a planet, from another, from other star systems. Right. So I'm kind of piecing together a lot of my thoughts, but, right, right. but it more breaks down to like organization of information. Like, yes. are we waiting to organize our information so that we can then go, right. the, the universe expands on that level and then you go to the next level of? Yeah, you can see it in uh, biological evolution, huh. right? On our planet, I used to hang out with uh, a great evolutionary biologist, um, uh, Elizabeth Satura. Saturus that uh, that was um, she she used to tell me this it, it really hit me hard when she told me this is that you know bacterial system like monocellular bacterial system early on in our evolution almost went extinct because they were competing mm. and uh, at the time the pollution they were producing was oxygen and it was killing them right they were dying and they almost went extinct until they start to collaborate. <gasps> and then they made, you know, multicellular system that could breed the oxygen, right? And, and eventually produce oh, yeah. our evolution, right? So, so it's like it's we go cyclical. through... Yeah. Like we're doing the same thing. Exactly. History from a the like theological standpoint, from the myth myth mythological stories, like stories are cyclical. Right. Existence is cyclical from an expansion standpoint. Exactly. It's simple and then it gets more and more complex. Yeah. It's like the neural network goes jump quantas yeah. in organization. But at each, at each level, it has to unify. Yeah. You know, it has to connect. And then as soon as it does that, then it can go to the next level. Imagine if humanity today all of a sudden became unified, meaning that races was not a problem anymore, that borders were not a problem anymore, that we just realized, oh, we're all on the same planet and we have to collaborate to get to the next level. Mm. We have everything we need to really transform our civilization into space colonies and all this. But that has to happen. It has the, it's like a, in the laboratory, if you take a surface like a balloon, and you put energy onto it, like you oscillate it, it will go into chaotic modes. Hmm. And more energy you put in, more chaotic it becomes. 
And when it gets to the point where it's like at the maximum of energy, gets so chaotic, the surface tension of the balloon might break and the whole thing explode and then you're done. But, but if the surface tension of the, of the balloon is strong enough and you put a little more energy, all of a sudden it organizes into a higher frequency and it becomes coherent again, right? It, it, it rings at a higher frequency, so that means it can have more information, and it has a coherent behavior that's not so destructive, that's not so chaotic, it goes into order. And so we're right at that point in our evolution, mm. I think, that we have this opportunity to go to the next level. Do you think we will? Or are we going to screw it up? I, <laughs> I think we're running against the clock and that um, we have a great opportunity to do it. And it's going to require everybody to get involved. You know, the fact that you're doing this show, the, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take everybody to yeah. get involved to be able to, like, bring this level of awareness to the planet. Right. And to bring the science that goes with it, um, right. you know, because I can write the physics and, you know, the physics I'm about to publish are remarkable. I needed to be published at the highest level. I needed to be acknowledged by other, you know, and all this. That requires that there's the willingness that there is, you know, to, to think at that level to, you know, the math speaks for itself and actually college students with a little help will be able to follow the math. So, you know. What about uh, GED level students? <laughs> <laughs> you will. I sh uh, I'll show you. You have a resonance. Uh, what's it? There's a, there's a school. There's a. Right. What's we, it called? It's called the Resonance Science Foundation. Right. Yeah. And so, and we have a course enroll. on there. I should enroll. Yeah, it's great. We have 100,000 people taking a course right now approximately. Um, I think we're just under 100,000 and we're about to add. So there's six module takes a few months to go through or a few weeks, depending how dedicated you are. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we're about to add module seven and module eight, which will explain the new paper. So, uh, wow. you know, you'll be able you'll see actually the concepts are very palatable. Uh, you know, if, if you're not interested in understanding the math, the concepts are very palatable. They're like, I can teach this to a teenager and they will follow. They will understand. Um, it's not, it basically describes scales resonating at different frequency mm -hmm. and coupling, mm -hmm. you know, the relationship of these oscillating frequency from infinitely small to infinitely big. And, and then you just do the math and you end up, oh, wow, there's the proton. Oh, there's the electron. Oh, wow, there's, you know, the Rydberg constant. Oh, here's the gravitational constant. Oh, wow, look, this is the universe. Oh, this is the temperature of the universe. Because well, of the nature of fractals, whether yeah. it's like sacred geometry or, you know, um, trying to think of all of the different things that I've seen that are mathematical, but that the ratios, like the golden ratio, right. like all of those things, they, they're universal. Right. And you find them in nature everywhere. Right. So you know there's order, there's structure. It's just we hadn't put all the pieces together. Right. You don't, I didn't do anything you fantastic. You have all the pieces. Well, I didn't do anything fantastic. They give me, like, the, 
you know, the pieces were all there. They just hadn't been put in this order. Yeah, but it kind of <laughs> leads me to a thought that I've had so many times, which has to do, and you mentioned it earlier, but it has to do with the, you know, this like construct of school and the books and the learning and right. fitting inside the box. And, you know, thank goodness that you were you felt this drive to learn your own way because it's through asking those kinds of questions and learning in a new way. If we, it's like the definition of insanity. If you want the same result, just keep doing what you're doing. Like if you want to keep existing in the same universe, just keep reading the same books, but right. you need to ask new questions and write new books. Exactly. And, and, we, and in order to write new, ask new questions, you have to be able to be on your own enough, right? Meaning, you can't just be getting mm. fed information from mm. the outside. It's got to come from inside. Okay, explain your inside, would you? Yeah. Where do you get it from? When you say you go inside, yeah. what are the moments that you have? Explain when you have a vision, an epiphany, a moment, a thought. Like, where does it arrive and how does it arrive? Well, my first epiphany, I think, in terms of physics, was... Um, probably when I was around 11 years old. And I, I, luckily, um, my family came in contact with an Indian guru at the time that was teaching um, meditation. And I learned to meditate. And that, at the time, was a very you know, unusual thing to do, never mind at the age of 11. 11. Um, but um, when I started meditating, um, you know, at first I was like, wow, you know, this is seriously boring. You know, you're 11, right? Am I doing this right? What <laughs> yeah. am I doing? What am I doing? You know, I'm just What's thinking lunch? about <laughs> lunch. Exactly. You know, so I, you know, I, but then eventually when I quiet things down a little, um, I got this, I, I was thinking like, what is this meditation thing? What am I doing? And then I thought, well, I'm turning my senses inwards, mm -hmm. right? And then kind of listening to what's going on in there. And so my first epiphany was, oh, there's a world inside and there's a world outside. And in between is a boundary. And there's information going in the boundary and there's information going out the boundary, right? When I do things, I'm putting information into the outside, right? And I'm capting information from the outside through my senses. So I was thinking, oh, so that was my first thought mm. uh, in this evolution of physics is, oh, so the, the exchange of information could be the source of the energy of creation, right? And there and, it was. And there, yeah, that's all I needed. Really, that's all I need. The and rest has been just The next layer deeper is how did you trust that or like how did it feel why did that feel different like, well i was an unusual kid and i didn't fit in this the educational system very well although my father was you know revered as one of the greatest child psychologists he was oh, wow. you know he was the protege of uh, piaget piaget institute in switzerland is the i mean the it's like the father of child psychology oh, wow. and so on. Um, I just didn't fit in the educational system. I was just my father's worst nightmare. Yeah. And uh, 
This, I was a it's good... It's only natural that he would get a doozy <laughs> uh, yeah. as someone who didn't want to be in that, right? Like, exactly. oh my God, life life shows, life gives us in, was, interesting lessons. I was a good and guinea mirrors. pig. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he he learned to deal with me, <laughs> but uh, basically, and I learned to deal with him. But um, and we love each other. So for me, it was like okay, I wasn't getting from the world around me a very coherent picture of reality. Yeah. And I had these deep questions like, yeah. what is reality? How did I get here? You know, the question you're asking. Right. And and. And, and that everybody should ask, you know, we can't attempt to go on the, you know, on, on, on the mouse wheel, you know, that's mm -hmm. turning in the world. And we, we forget to ask deeper questions. So for me, it was like, because I was alone, like I, I, I didn't get along with the educational system. I didn't really have many friends and all this. I reflected on the nature of reality deeply and Hmm. Uh, you had a lot of quiet time. Yeah, I had a lot of quiet time. Inner and outer worlds. Exactly, yeah, were... and then skiing and climbing. You know, I was nature. A, yeah, nature. I could see the beauty everywhere. Uh, I could see the relationship between things and nature that supported each other. Right, like you get a bee, you get a flower. Yeah. Right, like, and I was wondering why in the universe put the flower on one planet and the bee on another? <laughs> you know, that, that would have not worked, right? So how did it know to put them on the same planet, right? And things like that. And so I was like, really, and, 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 but I was in the ski industry. I was successful. I mean, it was a long journey. You know how that is when you want to get to the elite of a sport. Of course, yeah. And, um, I was well known. I was one of the top guys in, you know, um, instructor in Canada. Oh, wow. So now you're going to have to go teach me. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I'm I need the help. <laughs> that would be fun. I'd like uh, to go and dance, dance with gravity. <laughs> I'll drive there and you, you teach me how to ski. Okay. Oh, I'm a terrible... Uh, Driver? No, I'm a terrible... Teacher? Uh, no, um... How do you say backseat driver? Oh, got it. Oh. Yo, you're going to scare wow. the crap out of me. Oh, oh, got it. I thought you were going to tell me how to do it. And I was like, bring it on. That's no, fine. No, no, no. I'm coachable. No, I'm, I trust you on that. I'm sure you got that down. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so I had this accident and um, I had been for years doing physics at night on the side, but I hadn't. You know, in the ski industry, I wasn't going to start talking physics to all my friends and stuff. So I didn't say anything to anybody, especially at the time. I was doing a lot of ancient civilization stuff as well and symbolism and all this. So I didn't say anything. You haven't. You haven't. Uh, but then I had the, ex the accident year, a few years, you know, into after I started to talk and because I, I retired from the, the ski industry. Uh, not because I was injured, but because it, for me, it was a sign that I needed to do something else. And uh, uh, I, it, what's funny about it is that when I started to talk about this, then the rumor <laughs> went around the ski industry. It's like, yeah, Nassim got hit by a snowmobile and now he's doing physics, you know. That's not <laughs> the whole story. Right. But uh, he's like, yeah, we're not sure if he's got all his head. No, no he's, not all, yeah. he's, he's not all up here. He's not all there. <laughs> Yet he's changing the world. <laughs> so it seems to me, though, like you, like this would be, this is, this is the last question. So if, 
It sounds like you've answered your ultimate question that you had at eleven. Yeah. So、uh, what is your next question? Well, the the beauty is that you can have a very high thought, right? Like a very general high thought about something that might be very true. But as you explore that thought and actually work out the details of it, you learn so much more. <laughs> that you know, it just continues it, to expand the it, question circle. Exactly, and you learn more and more, and it's like you're going down the fractal path.、Mm. And you and and so, so another one. Yes, and you know, it's like it's like all of a sudden. You know, you find this new equation, for instance, right? And you go, "Wow, what's this telling me?" Right? And you you can see that it's related to the general thought you had, but now it's now you're integrating the mechanics on how it's actually happening,、mm -hmm. right? And you can calculate the frequency, you can calculate the energy, you can calculate the force. And and now it's like you feel it inside your body happening,、mm. and so to me, I've just gained deeper and deeper, deeper understanding of of me, you know, as a result that just blows my doors again. Yesterday, right? Right. Meaning, like it's not stop. I keep finding deeper stuff that just blows my mind. All related to this general thought, but but knowing the mechanics is so fundamental. It's so it has a deep impact on your awareness, your consciousness. Your it transforms you at a really deep level, and、um, and 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 as a result, it props up the next question. It's like the it's like the science and the equations organize you. That's how it feels in my head. Like it organizes. It's a it's proof, and it's like、um, it's、uh, tangible. It's you know like it organizes you, and then you go to the next theory or idea. Right. And then you organize at that level. Right. That's how it kind of feels in my in my body. Like yeah. Like、Just like that neural it,、yes. network growing,、yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It organizes at each level, and then, you know, at each level, there's technological consequences and benefits. Yeah, exactly. That are not just philosophical or,、right. you know, nice mathematics that kind of works out. It has implication and like energy production, control of forces, and so on. That. Really can trans transform the world, and transform your capacity to be harmonious with nature,、mm. harmonious with the world.、Mm. You know, to work with the world. You know, to put your energy production little turbine in the natural flow of creation, right? So that so that you create positive impact on your environment. And and then your society becomes not only sustainable, it thrives、mm. because the universe truly thrives. You know. So then, ultimately, knowing what you know and what you've proven now, what is that? What is the what is the next fundament? What is the fundamental lesson that comes from that that directly applies to how you live your life? Well, certainly, like I was saying earlier.
you start editing your thoughts, your story, you know, right. like how, what am I producing? How am I producing? You right. know, like what am I feeding the universe? What am I right. teaching the universe? Right. right. Am I limiting my, my thoughts? Am yeah. I limiting myself? Am I, do I have a negative bias that, <laughs> you know, because if I'm feeding that to the feedback, well, you know, then it's probably gonna have some negative effect right. in my surrounding <laughs> and so on. And, and I, as I want to say clearly, like we all fail, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm able to maintain, you know, this higher thought continuum. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I think that's important to, uh, to, for someone that's proven this out, you still are human, essentially. Absolutely. And, you know, if you ask my staff, they'll tell you, um, you know, because I get upset or you know i get cut off on the highway and you know but you know what sometimes the universe collapses certain things right exactly. like things collapse and yeah. they just you things know things collide so and it's yeah. just it's part of the undoing redoing kind of thing yeah. and so you have to be you have to be patient with yourself you mm -hmm. have to be you have to know that that's part of the evolution yeah right it's yeah. not a separate part it's part mm -hmm. like to learn to walk you fell right you yeah. fell and then you figured out how to walk and then you fell again and you, so you know this uh so so you i mean at the deepest level you de you start to realize the miracle of life mm -hmm. that's another implication you mm -hmm. start to have deep level of appreciation you know for every for every moment that you're mm -hmm. alive and hopefully you're able to like take a moment every day to express that to mm -hmm. the universe you know to express your love to the universe and to receive from the universe because you know a lot of us are good at expressing love not so good at receiving it right yeah. so that that's another thing you know it's like so it has implication in how you you live your life every day but as well uh it has implication in technology that will change the way we do things i can't wait and so you know all of a sudden if we have access to almost like the density of the vacuum at the Planck scale is 10 to the 93 grams per centimeter cube so just so the listeners understand what that means uh the the mass of the universe is 10 to the 55 grams. So the, that's the energy of all the mass, all the matter in the universe, 10 to the 55 grams, oh, per, you know, per that's volume. That's all the of, energy of the universe. Of the universe. So in the centimeter cube of Planck oscillators of space, those little particles, mm -hmm. there's 10 to the 93 what? grams. So there's 39, 38 orders of magnitude more energy than all the energy in the universe. And this is the tubes, right? This is the connection. Because right. it's both, right? It's exactly. That is the information moving through. That's the energy of the universe through this field. And so if we extract like, you know, we just got to take one of those tubes and plug it into our machine. And if we just tap, it's like plugging into the universal net, right? All of a sudden, if we extracted one billionth of a percent of the energy in a centimeter cube of space, <laughs> we would have enough energy to run the whole planet yeah. for thousands of years. Okay. So, so, 
So then all of a sudden energy becomes infinite. You have as much energy as you want. So then the value of things is no longer how rare it is, like, because now you can go mine gold on any planet you want. You, you know, you can do anything you want. So all of a sudden it's what you're doing with it. Yeah. It's creativity that's important. That's mm. the true value, right? Mm. And so basically it will change things very fundamentally from one simple discovery is that energy is everywhere and we can have access to it, you know? And then it implies as well, if you apply that to Einstein field equation, that you can warp space-time. That means you can have warp drives. That means you can overcome gravity. That means you can... Okay, is this happening in our lifetime? It, it, oh, yes. This is on its way. Warp drives have been worked on at NASA currently. There's many laboratories around the world working on this. Gravity control, I believe, is going to happen in our lifetime. So... So we're going to Mars. Yeah. We're going to Jupiter. You, we'll make I'd like to visit ass. Orion's belt. Is that possible? <laughs> yes, that, will, that might be possible. That is a longer trip. So that'll take a wormhole. But it may be in our lifetime that we're able to open a wormhole. I mean, it has imp implication as well on life extension, you know, and so Wait on. a second. So if the, the universe is expanding and it's actually expanding because it's growing it's it's growing and it's and it's ex and it's growing more and more rapidly yeah is this exactly because again it's all the same like paralleling right is this exactly how our technology will go too? like all of a sudden we'll be like oh look i can fly oh look i'm on orion's belt all of a sudden like exactly right yes exactly it's like wow before you know you could get a little far away from the cave, you know, to go hunting and come back to the cave. That was pretty well how far you could go. And then we got better at going farther, right? We got horses and stuff. And, and then we got cars. We got mm. a little farther. And then we got planes. And now we got a little farther. And then all of a sudden, we can go in our solar system, right? Uh, and then gravity control. So basically, our modern evolution of technology is all because we learned to control electromagnetic fields, mm. right? With Maxwell's equation, Faraday's work and all this, we learned how to make electricity, control charge, control electromagnetic fields so we can communicate to our phones and all this stuff. The next step is we're going to learn to control gravity, right? <laughs> and then... All of a sudden... We're going to remember how to control gravity. We're going to remember. <laughs> very good. Very good. Very good. That's good. Um, yeah, exactly. There's evidence that that was done before. Okay, well, where's first, where, where are you going to go? So, well, you know, I think the first... Where's your ultimate destination? Where's your vacation? In, in my case? Yes. Oh, I get a thousand-year vac vacation after Yes, this where's mission. your thousand-year vacation? Where are you taking <laughs> oh, it? Oh, another universe. I'm going straight up. For I'm another. going wherever you're going because I feel like you've got your finger on the pulse. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, yes, I, I mean, I think initially, just like planes at first were doing like inside the continent flying you know short distances yeah. and then intercontinental yeah. flight and stuff i think I initially we're going to be able to birth our civilization into our solar system you know meaning hmm. we'll be able to easily go to planetary systems mars you know the the moons of jupiter and so on wow 
And that already will be a huge step in our evolution. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you ask any astronaut that has been in space and look back at the Earth and all of them report the same feeling. It's like, oh, wow, it's so easy to feel like everybody's one. Yeah. The and one it's that, not flat. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not flat. Correct. <laughs> you know, that, uh, you know, and so... It will be a change in consciousness for people yeah. to even just look back at the earth and feel, oh, yeah, well, of course, we're just one race, right? But do you think that we'll actually be thinking back or will we just be in a new existence without like the um, uh, not perspective? That's not the right word, but it will be just uh, a fluid evolution that will be. Mm. a new norm yeah of course yeah or will, will we be looking back at ourselves going damn i'm smart look at that holy crap we're on jupiter's moon right now can you believe when we just lived on earth dude that sucked of course for the for our generation we'll probably have some of these thoughts <laughs> wow look at where well, yeah. we were look if i'm on jupiter's moon in my lifetime i'm definitely going to be saying that right but I, the generation future won't even no have a concept yeah. of being stuck on the surface of a planet. Totally. You know, it'll be like, wow, what must have been really bad. Just like when we think yeah. of people in the past that right. couldn't even go a few miles <laughs> right. you know, right. uh, or change right. continents. Right. 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 So so I think it's the, that change. And this is just a result of one thing is to actually understand some fundamental physics about the structure of space. It's, all, it's just one thing. It's just one discovery, right? And, it, and, and just like Maxwell's equation, just like, you know, Einstein relativity, it, you know, it changed things. Quantum theory, you know, Max Planck quantum theory, like a lot of the devices we use today is because these equations were written well, it's just a new equation yeah. that defines gravity more fundamentally, and it will change everything. Thank you for thinking different. Thank you for thinking outside of the book. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's been a long journey, and I'm really grateful to have had it. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm grateful as well for the people that did the work before me, because like I said, I just put the pieces together that were already there. And, and I'm grateful as well for the people that resisted it because they forced me to be very rigorous and mm. to, you know, really push forward and continue. So it's part of the journey, you know, how do you polish the, the crystal, you know? That's a great perspective. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.